Greetings, human beings, and welcome back to Apartment 303, a podcast for community fans. My name is Dave, and alongside my co-host Adam, we are here to discuss all things community, each and every layer of the show, and why we love it so much. On today's episode, we are going to be digging into the legend of all five dances. What are they? What counts as a dance? Are there only five? All of this and more we're going to be hashing out, but before we get into it straight away, Adam, I've got to know, man, how have you been? Where have you been? What have you been up to, my friend? Yeah, so this is actually a very special episode. I am actually back in Seattle, and that's where I had started the, you know, when we were originally starting the podcast, that's where I was doing all of my recording. So it's the first time we've recorded partially in Seattle since October of last year, so That's kind of interesting, and along the way, I actually met up with our former co-host Scott in Portland, met some of his good friends in the running community, and they are really wonderful people, so I'm happy that Scott has landed back there. I have been to the Redwoods National Forest. I can't remember if I had been to Yosemite or not as of our last podcast so i've been there as well so keeping things pretty pacific northwest these days so it's weird for me to be sitting down to do a podcast episode with you that does not involve a bracket i want to start right there we definitely committed to that and i think hashed out every inch of that uh, approach that we could over the last three months it was a great time and throughout the course of that process kind of had this idea in my mind like you know when this is all over we're going to do something lighter to follow up with in the following month. You know, do, do something easy. We've done all these sports. You know, we've done all this tournament. Let's, you know, finish the school year off with some dances and just have a nice clean layup here. We actually sat down to get into all five dances. And it first crossed my mind because, Adam, I know you've mentioned on the show your Nalgene with all your awesome community stickers, of which one is the all five dances. And everyone who loves community or who doesn't for that matter can go on the internet buy an all five dances shirt you know this joke stems from the end of season one where dean pelton mentions you get a shirt if you go to all five dances and without giving it a whole lot of extra thought i just assumed there were five dances in season one and probably in every school year at greendale it feels like it doesn't it 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 feels like there are it feels like there's dance or something dance like in almost every episode And if you sit down and rewatch season one, that's not entirely wrong, but we're going to get to that. So really the issue became much deeper and more complicated than I had originally thought off the top of my head. But talking about it has been a lot of fun. I'm really excited to hash it out in more detail with you today, Adam. So we've got to start somewhere. Let's start with, you know, when I presented this to you, what were some of the things that first crossed your mind? Like what, what would you consider a dance it's a great question and anyone who googles in or whatever search she use bing if you're a tool i guess i don't know 
you would search for all five dances community and just to, you know, kind of get the ball rolling. And there's a Reddit thread in there, but it's interesting because it's really inconclusive and it kind of comes down to people's opinions, right? Because as you've mentioned, like it feels like there's a lot of dances in season one in particular. It feels that way, but we've kind of, you know, in preparing for this episode, I try to kind of tried to codify what that actually meant. So, you know, a a simple, before I get into the the rigorous list that we've put together here, one simple thing is there is dancing and music. It seems like those are critical elements for a dance. And as clear cut as it seems like that is, that actually kind of muddies the water because there are a lot of places or a lot of times where there is music certainly maybe less so of actual physical dancing but it was just kind of interesting to start to pull at this thread because like you said it seems obvious but the more we dug into it the more we found like it was connected to that and i've I've got a list of other things here in, in a moment that i would submit as a pretty good rubric for determining whether or not something is a dance well i'm glad you started with those too and i think it serves to underscore the point that Okay, so so you've got those two things. Well, with those criteria alone, that narrows it down to about 14 episodes slash right. events in season one. So even even starting with those two, it really leaves a lot of room for debate. Do you want to throw out some other ones here and see if we can perhaps narrow it down a little bit? Yeah, I think we can do that. One of the things I generally will take my cues from lines of dialogue so even though these weren't necessarily in season one shirley says in uh, season five episode six she says oh you just put some food on the table lower the lights and that's a dance with it being greendale it's pretty low bar to clear but like i mentioned music generally speaking also dancing of course jeff says in the same episode analysis of cork based networking it needs a visual theme and then he says something else a little bit later. I guess he used a little something theme-wise. Oh, I'm sorry. So Jeff says, I guess it could use something theme-wise. Annie, when she's trying to get people to work on a committee separate from hers, says that it needs a visual theme. Like so, uh, Bear Down for Midterms, for example. Yeah, or Fat Dog, whichever <laughs> is less offensive Whichever is more appropriate. <laughs> I'm not even going to say more appropriate, less inappropriate. So that's another thing. A theme is something we're definitely looking for. Music, like I said, and again, in that episode, there's more than this. It was one of the songs that plays in the Sophie B. Hawkins dance, Damn, I Wish You Were Lover, I Wish I Were Your Lover plays. So those are two, you know, quick examples just off the top of my head. The Dean mentioned, speaking of her history of dance, he says... Well, I already have a Sadie, I've already started a Sadie Hawkins banner, so I guess this thing is pretty much set in stone. So there's a level of decoration as well. So theme plus decoration, that's something that's, you know, important or critical to to make it an official dance. One other thing here, and this one's not set in stone, but at the Sadie Hawkins dance, uh, one of the lines is, you're free to go to the Sadie Hawkins dance, which will be happening across the cafeteria. Our school has limited venue options. So if it happens in the cafeteria, that's a pretty good indicator with those other criteria that you're talking about a dance. Not guaranteed because there's one season, one episode that I would consider a dance that does not take place in the cafeteria. 
because it hits some of those other criteria. And to build on your cafeteria point, I think what you're getting at speaks to a little bit of a larger point, which is what I identified as, is it obviously school-sanctioned? And I think the cafeteria is a, is a big indicator of that. There yeah. may be perhaps other places in the school where dance-like activities are officially sanctioned we may have to address. But but I definitely think you're on to something there. So, so just to kind of recap before we move on, sorry. We're talking visual theme, decorations, music, and if it's officially school-sanctioned on Greendale's campus, particularly in the cafeteria. You said dancing, right? I did say dancing. Okay. Did no, you I mentioned me- the bisque. Did you mention, bonus points, did you mention the stage? I did not mention the stage. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead and uh, segue over here. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but that was something else that I had put on my list as I was going through and rewatching that could potentially be a differentiator. At least in my recollection, I know everyone's upbringing was different. Uh, every dance I ever attended had a stage, but of course also attended many events that weren't dances that had stages so i put that one on the list as something that we should consider as we're going through these so it seems like we've got a pretty decent starting place for some criteria let me ask you how you want to approach going forward here would you like to yeah a list of what you think counts or do you want to kind of go through okay all right well Well, i think so i've got a list and then maybe we can debate the merits of each one because I, I think you and I have some slightly different perceptions and takes here based on you know the little that we have talked beforehand. So, so this is a list of, of episodes that are close and need to be discussed, or this is your definitive list of what counts? Oh, I don't have a definitive list. I came to air out my laundry <laughs> on a podcast, man. All right. What do you got? I have A Night Under the Stars. I, I mentioned it just a moment ago. To me, that is a dance because it's on Greendale's campus. Now that is, it's, let me be clear, that's, yes. you're talking about episode one, or episode eight from season one? That's correct, Where Home they have a picnic and sing along with, uh, No Worries, Vaughn's band? Yep, Vaughn's okay. band, No Worries, so they have a, they have a band. <laughs> Definitely so a stage, go ahead. There's dancing at the very end as he sings Pierce Your B. People are dancing and singing, and gosh, some of those extras really get into it. Take a look at the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, and I mean, they, you could convince me that there, no worries, is an actual band. Based it's on definitely much one of the episodes I always notice something different out of, and that's yeah. because it comes from watching the extras and the other actors' reactions and things of Absolutely. that nature, like you said. Yes. So I consider A Night Under the Stars one of the dances that Greendale has in year one. Would you consider it the first dance they have in year one, chronologically speaking? I would have to double check. The reason I ask specifically is because both on our Twitter and on other feedback I've seen across the internet, a lot of people seem to pinpoint episode seven from season one as the beginning of the dances. That's intro to statistics where you have the faculty party going on simultaneously with Annie's Halloween party. So I think that's a, a perfect... Obviously, I'm tipping my hand here, but yeah. <laughs> that's usually the first one that is brought up when I've researched or when I've asked right. the dance question. So that is a tricky one, and it's why I didn't have it listed first. I think I, I ordered these in basically in, in my 
conviction that they were in fact dancers. No, that's fair. So right. That, that's what you're most convicted as a dancer. That is your. It's in the top tier. Okay. It's in the top tier. So yeah, the faculty party. Again, it takes place in two separate spots. I mean, obviously, Annie's extra credit Dia de los Muertos party is going on in the library. Well, these are two separate parties. Exactly. So, and this in is, in the mm-hmm. dialogue of the show, both are repeatedly specifically referred to as parties. Correct. But they feel like dances, don't they? they don't they? Absolutely, do feel <laughs> they like they really dances. do. They, I don't know they, why. They have the ethos of. I dance. would have named that episode when I first, you know, off the top of my head, I, I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, well, you got to get intro to statistics in there. It wasn't until we actually started thinking about criteria and rewatching where I was like, wait a minute, right? What is this? So it kind of comes back to: Am I using inductive or deductive reasoning here? So if <laughs> I'm right. thinking deductively, and the dean tells me that there are five dances. I'm going to say that, yes, this is one, and I can find evidence to support that point. There's music going on. I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head. Uh, There's a theme, for sure, because you have to have a costume to get in here, Squirrel. And Jeff's obviously wearing his his cowboy outfit, and Slater is is dressed as Robin Hood. Which we know he already owned because he couldn't have got it on such short notice. That's correct. So, theme, music... The decorations, I don't specifically remember them, but I, I'm going to imagine that there was definitely some kind of decor going on there. I can't imagine a party hosted by Annie Edison that was not decorated to the tea. Oh, so yeah, back in back in the study Even room. Even her cookies were decorated, right? Yes, am I, am right. I imagining yeah. this? I was talking specifically about the faculty party, but you're 100% ah, the, right the about the side. side. Okay. Yeah, you're right about the Annie of it all. But again, all of that to say, I think it counts based on the rubric that we have available. It checks all of those boxes because it's on campus. There is a theme. Music is playing. Um, so, so if you're working Dan- backwards and you're looking mm-hmm. for five, it, it fills a five. I think so. And Annie is has planned to do the, the Danza de los Muertos with Jeff which Abed can't find because he doesn't know if it's listed under playlist or specific genre. I'm sorry, Batman can't find it. So that would check every box that we have for a dance at that side of it. I'm going to rule it a dance. I'm glad you took this approach. I'm going to play the inductive advocate here, not only because you claimed the deductive side, but also because that's how I approached it on my own. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to give you that for now, but we... We'll probably come back to it when we're actually trying to make a cutoff. Because if I'm approaching it forward thinking, you know, with somewhat of a restrictive mindset, not working backwards from, okay, there are five dances this year, I don't think it passes the test for me. But I will admit that is probably one of, if not the one, that is hardest to make a call on. So let's keep going down your list for now. Yeah, and if you thought that one was iffy and wishy-washy, wait until <laughs> okay. this one. So I include the STD fair as a dance as well. Again, from the perspective, there were five. I have to find them. The dean said there were five. Where are they? I would include the STD fair. Pierce refers to it as Annie's Mixer. And we shouldn't always take what Pierce says as gospel because it's generally misinformed in some way or another. But again, visual theme, 
is definitely there. It's it's decorated, and there's music there not only when Troy and Abed arm wrestle, but also just throughout the evening when Abed's waiting playing. for something more inspiring to play. Yeah, he's he's he. And he even though he doesn't have a, a son, uh, he does have the trucker hat, so that counts. And it and it's school sanctioned. I mean, school from, sanctioned from start to finish, right? Very much so. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention in terms of the elements of the dance, in, in terms of a codified rubric, is something Troy says in Herstory of Dance. He says, planning a dance is hijinks city, population hijinks. So in terms of hijinks, I can't imagine a more hijinky experience than the STD fair. Well, well so it does end with them being told not to use condoms. So. Uh, right. And just that's another one of my favorite Troy lines when he, he tells Abed to, to hurry before people sex one another. That's just hysterical. So that's that's episode 11, right? Yeah. Politics of human sexuality. And That's correct. Again, I'm going to back you up one episode here because one that a lot of people mentioned in their first breath was the Green Week dance. Yes. Which I don't think is ever specifically called a dance, but that does occur in the previous episode, episode 10, Environmental Science. Where do you weigh in on that? So I'm glad that you brought that up because that tells me that my list is in no particular order whatsoever because I definitely have that one. I think that one's a slam dunk for a dance. I think it definitely is. So you've got the rock band Green Day, of course, and they're not the real Green Day, just tear that Band-Aid off. The visual theme is there, and I just noticed on this most recent rewatch, at the beginning of the episode, the dean says, you know, we're going to be in Viradale and prints out 5,000 copies of the flyer. Starburns says, we're already called Greendale. The dean says to his assistant, we need to print out 5,000 more. Trying to save the planet. (laughs) Right. And I just assume, like, that's where the punchline ends. But if you actually look at the end when Green Day is performing, there are dozens of reprinted posters that say Greendale on them. So just, gosh, the fact that the props people went through and did that and that attention to detail, I I know I'm a broken record at this point because community does that so well. But again, that, that's important here because I'm looking for a visual theme and only by taking this approach would I have noticed that. And I've seen that episode 10 times and had not noticed that specific decoration before. So it, yeah, it's, for me, that one's a slam dunk. That's easy. Checks I think every it, one of those boxes. It checks all those boxes. And that is one of the ones that I had in my counts as dance category. The only thing that bothers me is they never actually call it a dance or refer to the name of the dance aspect. They, they always call it Green Week. Mm-hmm. They've got the stage. They've got the music. They're clearly having a dance, but it is never named, which I will get over because I do think that one counts. Yeah. I don't think it's as strong as two others we haven't gotten to yet, however. So what do you have next? Okay. Uh, and sorry, just to double back on the STD fair, I was... I'm considering a dance again, working, you know, retconning this. I'm imagining you're not so convinced on that one. I kind of have them in the same tier. You know how I like to tier things, unfortunately. Blame the internet for my addiction to putting everything into tiered classes. But for me, I have two that are hands down. I, I... If you try to argue they're not dances, I will shout you down on the podcast. It's not a threat. That's just, uh, you know, how strongly I feel about it. Sure. 
the SDD Fair and Green Week aren't in that tier. They're in a second tier where I think okay. in spirit, they're definitely definitely count. You can nitpick them in ways you can't the top two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, I put those side by side, and ultimately I side with counting them as dances. Okay. Even though it's not hard for me to, you know, try to pick apart their case given the criteria. Right, right. But if we need five, they're both in, it's cl- you know, the closest top five there are, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I can go, or you can tell me what are your top two that are definitively Well, dances. one of mine I don't see on your notes page, so. Okay. So maybe, I you guess let, maybe you forgot to put it on there, and you, it's still in your brain. I just kind of want to see how it plays out here. Just a good chance of that. Uh, I I put the transfer formal, and yeah, that doesn't really roll off the tongue, so maybe we could just call it the tranny dance. Sure. And I think that's, again, with... That, that's that's top tier for sure. It's literally called a dance. So independently of all of the other criteria, even though it does take place, it's in, literally called a dance, and it occurs yeah. in the same episode where the dean wears the shirt, says the line, really introduces the yes. concept of all five dances. Absolutely. So for me, I, I definitely agree that the trainee dance. That's one of the two that I had in in the class of. You can't argue this isn't a dance. Like right. <laughs> this is by every definition, it's the episode where where they bring it up. It's specifically called a dance. It checks all the other boxes. But there is another episode that fits all those criteria except for obviously oh, is it the is. episode where yeah. the shirt is. And that is Valentine's Day. Yeah, which, which, happens... which Chang calls back to. Yeah, I, I totally spaced yeah, that's that. That's episode one. 16, Communication Studies, yeah. which it's kind of easy to forget that that's a dance episode because the dance is kind of an afterthought in that episode. Yeah. It doesn't really get mentioned. It's not really a meaningful part of the episode until the very, very end. It's almost like a tack-on so that they can resolve the episode, right? Right. Whereas a lot of these other ones, I feel like persist throughout the entire episode even if it's just in kind of throwaway lines or throwaway jokes but even though it doesn't appear in the whole episode it's a dance they call it a dance everyone gets you know wears their best formal wear there's a prom joke like it's for me it walks like a dance it quacks like a dance it must be next to the training dance i think it, it has the most uh you know inscrutable case this this is a dance despite it's minimal appearance and minimal meaning on the overall episode and story that's being told there I don't see how you can't count that one no you're absolutely right so again I'm I'm working backwards from yeah Valentine's Day and the tranny yes yeah yeah okay so that leaves me with a list of six then and I feel even better now that we we definitely have five uh, because I was a little wishy-washy on you know, one or two of them, but I was trying to make the case. So I guess then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give you a crack at my five in stone, take it to the grave. These are the five dances. You're printing them on the back of your shirt. I would print them on the back of my shirt. Yes. So, uh, transfer formal Valentine's dance green week to me is solid as well. A night under the stars, and then the faculty party and slash Dia de los Muertos party. Because again, that's, yeah, that's an official one because Annie's getting extra credit for doing it. 
So even though it wasn't thought of, constructed by Dean Pelton, it is very much officially sanctioned. So that would leave the STD fair out. That's the one that I felt least good about anyway, but that's because I completely forgot to put down the Valentine's dance. I agree with you most of the way down. With Valentine's, with Trendy Dance, I've established that I think there's a second tier there for three and four. Mm-hmm. You know, I put Green Week and the STD Fair, actually, as the strongest cases. So Night Under the Stars, that's the one you don't feel no, good about. That's wow. my five. I would leave off Intro to Statistics because a Night Under the Stars, to me, feels more officially sanctioned. It feels more like a dance. There is cohesive music. There is a stage. One seven to me, you know, interest statistics really just feels like dueling parties. And mm-hmm. maybe part of the reason is up to that point in the show, there hadn't been any dances, right? That wasn't a theme that they had been working with. So, you know, retroactively, I think I understand why people want to kind of pigeonhole it in there. But, you know, we've narrowed it down to six and we're picking a top five. And for me, that's the one that, that falls off in sixth. Okay, yeah, so run them run back for me again just to make sure. Yeah, Valentine's Day Dance, Training Dance, Green Week, STD Fair Night Under the Stars. So I leave okay. off the faculty Halloween party slash Dia de los Muertos party. Okay. Whereas it sounds like you're going to leave off Night Under the Stars the next episode. Uh, oh, no, I was taking off the STD Fair. Night Under the Stars is definitely a dance for me. Oh. Great. That's why we recap. <laughs> okay, so you're leaving the STD fair off. That's right. All right. right. Yeah. No, I, I feel I feel better about that now that we've talked through it. I wasn't and... sure we were going to be able to narrow it down to six, honestly, much less five. So I do yeah. feel better about that. Now, obviously, there's a lot to talk about beyond season one. We're going to save that for another episode. I know we're not doing brackets right now, but before we get off the subject, I do want to ask you how these episodes rank, stack up for you, not necessarily in terms of what we've been talking about so far, how strong their case is based on do they qualify as a dance. Now that we've established these episodes, how would you kind of stack them up against each other? Is there like a favorite or least favorite that you have out of this group? Ones that so you enjoy more or less to watch. One of the things in being so involved with season one on the last several podcasts that we've done, you know, in the bracket, I had to know all sixteen episodes pretty well from season one, and then now doubling back and looking at the dance potential for all of the episodes. First of all, it just reminds me, gosh, how much I love season one, how great the writing is, how much I love Britta's character in season one. And that's just so refreshing because of how much she changes over the course of the series. And, you know, that's that's one point that doesn't answer your question, but it's just something that I felt really compelled to say because, you know, watching them pretty critically lately. So they're all really good episodes, if I'm being completely honest. I really like every one of these. Pascal's Triangle, I know I enjoyed more than you did. I'd put that probably toward the top of the list. The STD Fair, even if I don't consider it a dance anymore or it's a fringe dance, that's one of my all-time favorite episodes. (laughs) A fringe dance. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to use that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
the faculty Halloween party in Dia de los Muertos. That's the episode that I realized that I really liked this show. Like that's when it sunk in for me. Green Week out of these, probably the you know toward the bottom of this list. But you know now that I say that, like I just remember the other stories. So like the dance story is probably not my favorite of them, but the Fievel with uh, Troy and Abed having to sing to him is terrific. And I really like that pairing of Shirley and Pierce in her marketing class. I really, really like that story. Probably one of my all-time favorites as far as, as Pierce arcs go. He's just even genuinely he... the good guy in that right. episode. And he's still funny, but right. not at the cost of being a complete and total <laughs> crab bag, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's one of those things, too, even though... As it's happening, we're all on Team Shirley. We're like, you're a crazy old man. None of this is going to work. And the fact that it does is really funny. And then then Shirley's genuine thanks, she, she signs thank you to him at the end of the presentation. And it's just like this really kind of warm, heartfelt thing. And like Chevy's smiling and it's just- I love during really that good. montage when he literally offers her a sandwich from the crowd yeah. while she's right. delivering her speech. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, really strong B and C stories in that, even if the A wasn't quite my favorite. And then how it all comes together in song, of course, is just spectacular. So I've danced around the question. Ha, ah, danced around. See what I did there? Fringe danced. Yeah, I, I fringe worked. danced it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Night Under the Stars is... All of these are good. Every one of these is good. If I had to pick maybe a top tier, I'm going to tell you the Transfer Formal in Green Week followed very closely by the STD Fair. That's my top half. And the other ones are all good as well, but maybe just not quite... So I'm going to do a similar thing that you did, and I'm going to praise the episode that didn't make my top five, uh, which is Intro to Statistics. I think out of this group of episodes, I wouldn't say that it's my favorite, but I would say that it's the most iconic. It had the longest lasting effect. I think even people who are getting into community, you know, for the first time or, you know, on levels not like us, where we're picking apart every single episode, I think everyone knows that episode and yeah more than that remembers it so think out of this group it does kind of stand out just in terms of what it meant to the whole series now that being said you know how much i love me some vaughn i do love a night under the stars i think that green week has the best ending out of all these i would put that you yeah. know that montage up against pretty much any moment from the show even the emotional moments or maybe even especially the emotional moments I think the trendy dance gets the credit it deserves, but as you've mentioned, I think that episode on the whole is kind of season one community at its worst. Like mm-hmm. they spent the whole season not being, you know, being the anti-sitcom sitcom and then just fell into these really lazy sitcom tropes. In the oh, last but episode. then they but then they blow it up because you think it's a love triangle and it's a quadrilateral. Yeah. So we continue to disagree about this episode. But that being said, I, I do think that it's appropriately known and rated and oh, categorized here. So for me, and this is somewhat surprising, I'm going to actually go with the uh, the Valentine's Day dance. I'm sorry, that's communication okay. studies. Okay. Communication okay. studies, Valentine's Day dance. And, you know, this is an episode I haven't rewatched a lot. 
I know during our bracket, it went down fairly early. And one of the things I remember you saying about that episode, I think more than once, because we had a rehash episode too, was you don't like people acting drunk. Unless they're really good at it. Correct. And this is something that rarely happens when I'm watching the show, but I took that comment and kind of just put it into my own brain without having thought it for myself. And I was re-watching season one, you know, because it's awesome, and also (laughs) to build up for this episode. And I was just struck by how much I didn't remember how much I liked that episode. Like, I had kind of just Mm. written it off in my brain because of... You know that. And when you're going through every episode of the show, it's easy to latch on to like one or two things from an episode that disqualify it or, or, or make it exceptional. Sure. I really don't mind that part of the episode whatsoever. I don't think it's obnoxious. I don't think they're trying too hard. I think it's all pretty much contained to that one montage, which is fairly short and enjoyable. But the thing that really gets me with this episode, you know, throughout the series, at various points, some to most of the study group have their heart in the right place, right? Usually not all of them at the same time, and usually, despite having their heart in the right place, it always unravels for them, right? Because it's funny, it's a comedy. Right. It would be a boring show if that didn't happen most of the time. But in this episode, it just blows me away how everyone is just being a really great selfless person, and it doesn't blow up for all of them. Like, Abed completely sacrifices who he is... Mm-hmm. Because that's what Jeff needs. Because that's what the group needs. Jeff goes way out of character. Yeah. Way out of character to actually make himself vulnerable for someone else. And at this point, he's not actively trying to get in British pants. Like, he's legitimately doing this because their friendship has meaning. And it has evolved into a real friendship, right? So, you know, you take those and then even Britta before the episode is over, when she has all of the leverage. Yep. She's got, you know, she's played Jeff. She's got all the evidence. She has dolled herself up in a way I don't think Britta ever does in the show. It's kind of uncomfortable for me, but <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, you know, that's a moment for Britta. She's, she's on top of the world, right? Yeah. And what she does with that power is she plays the short segment of the voicemail to Slater that makes Jeff look like a great guy. Yeah. And, like, just this whole episode, I keep waiting for, you know, revenge or for people's mm-hmm, best mm-hmm. interest to unravel. And, like, maybe people don't like the episode because it's boring and really happy. But I don't think it's overt. I don't think it bashes you over the head with it. And yeah. I was I was more than a little ashamed of myself for either not realizing that before or, even worse, having forgot that. So sure. I definitely wanted to make sure to hash that out today as we were talking about, yeah, about and I'm, the dances. I'm, I'm glad that you did because as I mentioned earlier how much I love Britta as a character in season one that's absolutely one of the highlights of her character in the whole run of this show is playing that for Slater defending Jeff it's just so great because and again the first time you watch it you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what she's going to do but it's a really great again if, if, if we were to reclaim the term Britta and instead of meaning to make a small understandable mistake it could mean something you know really altruistic and heartfelt like that 
in in a season one context, I think we could we could redefine the term Brita for season one in that way. So I don't know. I'll take that over Pascal's any day, but you would be very hard pressed to get me to say those two episodes aren't the strongest cases for dances that that are made in yeah, season one. Absolutely. I had no idea that this rabbit hole was going to be what it was. I have got. 10 or 12 episodes written on my whiteboard. I think we did right. a pretty good job narrowing it down. Yeah, yeah. When you and I had initially talked about it, we had a totally different interpretation of what the Dean meant when he said all five dances. I looked at it as, since it's the end of season one, the end of the first year, like he was saying that if you, this was the fifth dance. Transform was the fifth dance, and if you went to it, you got a free shirt but you had to also go to these other ones. And from my understanding, you thought of it differently when you heard that line or had a different interpretation. Not necessarily. When I first remembered it, I actually thought it was more of a joke, kind of a throwaway oh, joke than anything else. Yeah. But then I did also consider it from the perspective of going forward. Like, okay, now that the Dean has made it out there, now he's letting everyone know, hey, the people who made it to all five dances this year get this cool swag. You know, maybe they're setting it up for season two so these guys know ahead of time so they can make sure they get to all five dances. And in season two, I think it's season two, he mentions specifically that he throws five dances a year. That's in the uh, documentary filmmaking redo, I think, when he's talking about the... so. So it's something that, you know, became an ongoing joke throughout the series. But, you know, when I heard it, I did think there were like five obvious, well-flagged dances and it wasn't until going back to look at them that I was like, oh, whether this was some throwaway joke or not, like, there's actually a ridiculous amount of dance-like activity in almost every episode of this season. Right. <laughs> like, where do we draw the lines? Well, and, and sorry, you said you had, like, 12 episodes written down. Did you have some other far-flung ones that we didn't get to? 10 to 12, uh, a few I had crossed off before we sat down. Yeah, just... Uh, oh, there is one more I wanted to mention. Yeah, yeah. I can't okay, believe yeah. I almost forgot this. I'm so ashamed of myself. This was this was the one thing I was really excited about. Well, that's not true. I was excited about a lot of this, but... <laughs> You're excited. When, at some point during our discussions about how we were going to let this play out, you know, you had mentioned, once we realized that it was broader than the original scope, I might have thought, you had said something else about, or even dances that were mentioned. Well, yes. in modern warfare... There is a spring fling dance that is advertised. Mm, mm-hmm. There are banners that repeatedly throughout the show, throughout the episode, there are banners for the spring fling that they don't specifically say, but apparently was supposed to be happening, but instead paintball destroyed the school. So repeatedly throughout this episode, there's like destroyed spring fling banners and like spring fling banners on the ground with like paintball on them. So I would contend that in season one, there was perhaps supposed to be a spring fling dance that either had to be postponed or never came to fruition because of how things unraveled during paintball. That's that's impressive. That is that's excellent detail work. I have a similar one for a future episode, but I don't want to get into it now. I'm going to tease it uh, for when we do subsequent dance episodes. Yeah, we we've definitely proven the case that this is not a topic to be constrained to one episode. Although I do think we did a pretty good job of getting through season one and kind of setting the stage for future dance discussions. Yeah, we've got to pat ourselves on the back because no one else can physically do that right now. Is that a humble brag? It's an explainer brag. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> well, all good things come from somewhere, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for now on all five dances. Is there anything else you'd like to throw in here, Adam, before we uh, pull the curtain? I don't think so. I think that is pretty comprehensive. And uh, again, you know, if Reddit hadn't figured this out definitively already, we're 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 out here doing the Lord's work, just trying to make sure people know what five dances were which. And please, if we missed anything or if we were wrong, <laughs> don't start hesitate. your own podcast. I was going to say, us. don't hesitate to let us know on Twitter. But, oh, of okay, course, sure. the more community podcasts, the better, right? Who doesn't love talking about and listening to community chat? So that does it for this episode of Apartment 303. As always, Apartment 303 can be found on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you guys get your podcasts. We will be coming at you guys with another episode here in a few weeks. In the meantime, for Adam, this is Dave signing off. We will see you in the next episode of Apartment 303. Thank you.